You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Week eight of the college football season in your Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. As always, I am Ben Stevens, the host of Locked On Big Ten, joined by my man Patrick Kahn, the host of Locked On Longhorns. And as we are for every first segment of our Friday episodes, giving you a full weekend preview, Action Network senior writer Colin Wilson breaking down the picks, the spreads, the totals, everything you need to know for weekend eight of college football. But first and foremost, Weekend number one of Big Ten football. That is right. We are back. The enthusiasm is high. I am excited. We have four top 25 matchups across the entirety of college football, including one in the Big Ten. But I think I'm too excited right now, Patrick. So I'm going to let you ask Colin the first question because I know that I would be going to the Big Ten solely. So you take it over so we can get the rest of college football's perspective. You know what? On a on a week that has the Big Ten returning, we're going to the group of five first. I want to know here Colin I gotta know where are am I rolling with SMU and Shane Bouchelle at home against Cincinnati and Luke Pickles group I know against the spread I believe at home they're two and oh against the spread in that one yeah I, I you know I think this is a really tough spot for SMU because they're still trying to deal with coming you know coming against their losing their running back for the season and, and losing uh Roberson their top wide receiver uh, on the season, I think that kind of showed up last week. And Cincinnati is one of the top defenses in the nation, not just group of five, but they're one of the top defenses in the nation. And you look at SMU, they're fifth in the nation in passing success rate. SMU's seventh defense, I'm sorry, Cincinnati is seventh defensively in defending uh, as far as passing success rate goes. Uh, you know, it's hard to beat this Cincinnati defense. I think the one thing I'll rely on is that Cincinnati is second in the nation in finishing drives. That's how many points are you scoring once you cross the 40 yard line? It hasn't been so easy for SMU and Sonny Dykes to get it done once they get closer to the end zone. I like Cincinnati. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And if you're going to give me points with a better defensive team against an SMU team that's really lost some key components of their offensive element, uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. SMU put up 37 points in their overtime win against Tulane last week. Still got the numbers up there, but Tulane's defense nowhere near where Cincinnati is first in the country in opponents point per play. So that's enough of that group of five, whatever. Let's get to the Big Ten. Let's do it. In my opinion, yes, I am a little bit biased, but still one of the most marquee matchups of the weekend happens on Saturday night, the ABC primetime game, the battle for the Little Brown Jug, 18th ranked Michigan, 21st ranked Minnesota. The Gophers, a three-point underdog, the over-under total, 54 and a half. So, I just read off a lot of things. There's a lot of enthusiasm in my voice. You can tell it. Colin, it's also a little bit difficult to predict what will happen results-wise in the Big Ten this weekend. How do you see the game, though, in your mind, playing out between the Gophers and the Wolverines? I think everybody that's betting on Big Ten this weekend and Friday night with Illinois and Wisconsin needs to keep in mind that a lot of these players, are. there's going to be some rust on the offensive side of the ball. There's going to be some conditioning issues on the offensive side of the ball. That's going to lead me to play a lot of first-half unders with new coordinators. That's going to lead me to play a lot of second-half unders with teams that might not have the proper conditioning. I think with this Minnesota game, it, it's – I mean, on the Minnesota side of the ball, they lost what I thought was the one of the best offensive coordinators in all of college football, Kirk Soroka. Uh, you know, he moved on to Penn State to take that job. And one of the biggest downgrades in college football and taking on Mike Sanford Jr., who's essentially been escorted out of every 
Notre Dame or Utah State. Uh, I know that Tanner Morgan's back. I know Rashad Bateman's back. But, the you know, the offensive coordinator is such a big position and, and big shoes to fill with this Minnesota team. And the defense loses a ton. Uh, you know, there's just 33% back on that D that was 42nd success rate. So it's I, I don't think it's going to be as smooth for Minnesota as people think. As far as Michigan, what are we getting here? I mean, Shea Patterson graduated. McCaffrey's transferred out. Joe Milton's the quarterback. There's just questions all over this offense about who's going to be the playmaker. Josh Gaddis was supposed to improve the tempo, but yet they finished like 54th in tempo last season. They only get 36% of their offense back. To me, this game screams first half under. There's just so many offensive questions on both sides of the ball. Uh, we'll know more about these two teams, but yeah, I think there's going to be some some rust on those offenses and just there's so much unknown with Michigan. I don't know if you guys heard this, though. Joe Milton has been compared to Cam Newton. 6'5", 243, the new <laughs> signal caller for Michigan. Well, the wait and see. I'm just saying. That's what some people have been saying in the Big Ten community. Patrick, sorry. Big Ten jokes aside, we're done. We got we to gotta, we gotta tap the brakes a little bit. Let's go back to the Big 12. Let's talk Big 12 right now. The big marquee matchup, obviously, would be Brock Purdy, Iowa State, going to Stillwater. The return of Spencer Sanders to that Oklahoma State offense, are they going to look a lot more like what we expected in this game? Well, I think the number's inflated a little bit. I make this game more of a pick. Uh, I think Iowa State's really going to give them some some issues here. Uh, we're going to continue on to play Brock Purdy. This is our last weekend, I think, in October. I'm not, I can't remember if Iowa State's on a bye, but uh, it is still Brocktober, so we're going to play on Brock Purdy. But the Oklahoma State defense is 45th against pass explosiveness. That's just not going to get it done if Purdy's hot. Uh, you know, Iowa State has they've done really well at containing defensively rush explosiveness, which is not good for Chuba Hubbard. Spencer Sanders does come back, but I mean, there's I can't throw out a whole bunch of quarterback numbers and say that this is what Oklahoma State is because Spencer Sanders hasn't really been there. But I can tell you the offensive line has been terrible. There's 70th in sack rate. There's only been 77 teams that have played. Uh, you know, they're 71st in pass explosiveness. They're just, they're not getting any yaks on any of the throws that have been, that have been caught. They're 69th in havoc allowed. They're not taking care of the ball and their quarterbacks have been getting sacked like crazy. They're 55th in finishing drives offense. They can't get points on the board either. So to me, it's still awkward. I'm still playing Iowa state. October reigns supreme, at least for one more weekend. Let's finish with one of the other ranked matchups in the ACC before we get to your locked on lock of the week. The fourth and final matchup between ranked opponents this week, 23rd ranked NC State visiting 14th ranked North Carolina. North Carolina got upset big time against what many would consider a bad Florida State team last week. NC State has won three in a row. Do you think the same continues for the Wolfpack against the Tar Heels on Saturday? Yeah, there's certainly some momentum going on with this NC State team. I think the point spread is 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 inflated. Uh, I would definitely want to be, you know, get the right side of NC State. I haven't made a commitment to put any money into this game. I know that North Carolina has finally showed their chops about what they could do from an explosive standpoint on offense. But NC State's really good at containing explosiveness. They're top 25 against rush explosiveness, and they're 29th against pass explosiveness. Uh, they're actually 20th in defensive havoc. People don't realize, like, this NC State team is – playing a little bit of defense. Now they tend to let teams score way too much down in the red zone. But other than that, every single advanced stat I'm looking at is a top 30 metric. So, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it's just too many points for me. I think everybody's back in love with North Carolina. Uh, at least this week I can see from the betting money and the tickets perspective. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to be back in the Wolfpack, but I'm going to get the best of the number. I'm gonna wait till Saturday morning and get some steam. All right. Let's, so let's get right into it. The locked on lock of the week. Everybody wants to know, Colin, where are we putting our money this weekend? 
yeah, this is gonna. I mean, this is gonna be. You know, we're gonna bet on Navy, and people are gonna say, "Oh my gosh, it's opened up eleven. It's up to fourteen and a half. Houston's offense is amazing. Uh, it is amazing." But look at what they did in the fourth quarter when they gave that lead to BYU. They are a very volatile team that you can't trust. And I think, you know, Navy's going to be able to dominate them in the trench as far as the triple option goes. They've done it before. But what everybody needs to realize is the best thing that Houston, the best thing that they do is explosive passing. Navy is top 10 and against explosive passing on defense. The rest of their defensive numbers are not that great. But they have been fantastic against the deep ball. A lot of guys in the back seven that are up there in pass breakups, uh, passes defensed. Uh, they're top 10 in that regard. That's all that Houston can do. Houston could go into spell, just cold spells for an entire quarter. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Navy's going to grind it out with the triple. They've had success against Houston doing this before. And they're not going to be able to hit the deep ball. So we're going to go with the with the midshipmen here. Riding Navy as Colin Wilson's locked on lock of the week. You heard it here for, first. He is a very smart man when it comes to college football betting and gambling. So Colin Wilson, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us here on the first segment of our Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. So many thanks again to our man, Colin Wilson, for coming on the first segment of every Friday episode here on the Locked On College Football Podcast. You heard Colin talk about all the bets that he's wagering this weekend, how he stays up to date with all of those metrics he's talking about, the advanced statistics. That's probably his wall that he tries to break through each and every week. And the best place to do that and the best thing to put in your body to make sure you have those nutrients is Built Go because Built Go is energy plus protein that keeps you at the top of your game because Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. And whatever Patrick Kahn does is keep you updated with the best college football content when it comes to Locked On Longhorns. Also, Cowboys Wire, he's in both leagues. He's college, he's NFL. Patrick, you got to be slamming Built Go these days during football season. Absolutely. When I got to break through the wall. I got to get through that writer's block. I got to get – I and, and, you know, me, I don't sleep much, right? So what do I do to keep that energy up? I'll be slamming the bill go. I love the peanut butter. I got you know, any time chance I get, I'm slamming the peanut butter. It helps me throughout my day. There's no actually that's natural. So I, and that's how I break through. And that's what you got to do. So what you got to do is go to billgo.com. Use that promo code lock L O C K E D. You're getting 20% off your next order. So Built Go keeps your energy up. It keeps you on the go, go, go. But when you get to Saturday afternoon and you're sitting down on your couch and you're getting ready looking at this college football slate that now includes the Big Ten, if you did not know, you're probably going to want to chill out a little bit. You're going to want to relax. You're going to want to enjoy your college football. And there's only one beer out there that you should pair with that college football watching because there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold-filtered cold packaged and cold lager. It's literally built in the Rocky Mountains with that Rocky Mountain fresh water. The Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado makes a beer that is made to chill because they know what chill is up in the Rockies. And I know that Patrick Kahn is a huge fan of Coors Light like I am. When we need to just relax, take a breath, all the exciting work that we do throughout the week, we make sure we crack open a Coors Light to just chill out because Coors Light is the official beer of just chilling out. Absolutely is. And anytime that I'm going to be watching football, I'm getting some uninterrupted me time mm. with my TV watching football. I'm reaching for the beer that's made to chill. And the great thing is I can get it sent right to me by going to get.coorslight.com. It's fantastic. It's brought right to you. And what is better than a beer that is brought right to you? I don't think there's anything better, especially when you couple that with the football, with the slate. Uh, and so definitely 
like I said, head to get.coorslight.com and get your Coors Light sent right to you. That is right. College football all weekend long. Celebrate, but celebrate responsibly. And like Patrick said, just sit on your couch. Go to get.coorslight.com. Get it delivered directly to you. Enjoy the weekend of college football. Your second segment of your Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast coming at you hot on a Friday with all the energy in the world because the Big Ten is back as well as a great weekend slate for week number eight of college football. Ben Stevens of Locked On Big Ten, Patrick Kahn of Locked On Longhorns, getting you set for the entire slate. Colin Wilson gave you his smart, immediate picks for the weekend. We are now going to do the same. Go through the conferences and get you set for the weekend eight of college football. Let's start, Patrick, in the Atlantic Coast Conference with a game we talked about with Colin Wilson, one of the four-ranked matchups across the country this weekend. 23rd-ranked NC State visiting 14th-ranked North Carolina. UNC a 15-and-a-half-point favorite right now, the over-under total 60. What do you like in this game? Well, what I like in this game is the matchup I'm getting with Sam Howell, with uh, Diami Brown, Bo Corrales, Daz Newsome, all these guys going up against an NC State defense the pass. So I'm definitely going to be banking on Sam Howell to be throwing the ball around. I mean, you have to, you think, you think 54th is not bad, but it is bad when you realize only 76 teams have played so far to have a ranking. So when a team is that poor against the pass, I'm going to throw, throw, throw. And, and, and honestly, Sam Howell, I think he does well enough in this. I got, I got the North Carolina covering in this game. I agree with you. Although I'm really mad at North Carolina because they stunk last week against Florida State. Sam Howell put up some good stats when you look at the passing yards and the touchdowns, 374 through the air, three touchdowns, but a bad completion percentage, just over 50% against a Florida State team that I still don't think is very good. And Sam Howell threw an interception. And the run defense that was so good to start out the year for UNC got absolutely gashed by the Seminoles last week. 241 yards they gave up on the ground just two weeks ago, Patrick, before the Virginia Tech-North Carolina game. I was saying how good UNC's defense was. First in the country in opponents' yards per play. That is not the case anymore. But as you look at this NC State team, I'm a little bit weary by them because their quarterback that has come in and led them to this three-game winning streak, Devin Leary, most likely not going to be playing on Saturday due to an injury, which means Bailey Hawkman, who started the first two games for the Wolfpack, will be back in. And we've seen what Hawkman has done this year at the helm of that offense. Not very good. Pretty mediocre. So I think I'm an idiot, but I'm agreeing with you. I'm going with North Carolina, too. I think they win. I think they cover. I think Sam Howell gets back to those explosive plays we saw against Virginia Tech two weeks ago. I mean, why not? You know, I'm not saying I'm an idiot because I'm agreeing with you, by the way. I'm saying I'm an idiot because I'm picking North Carolina again, if that makes sense. Again, yes. And and I think because they lost last week, they're going to come out with a message. Um, you know, Mac Brown's going to have that team ready to play. They're not going to put two stinkers back to back. So I like that game. My question to you is, uh, what's yeah. the over-under on um, Clemson hanging another 70 by halftime? No, over. I mean, we, let's talk about it real quick. First-ranked Clemson hosting Syracuse. Syracuse was the last team, by the way, to beat Clemson in the regular season. Just want that on the record. But the Tigers are a 46-point favorite. The over-under total is only 61-and-a-half. That's pretty much saying that you think Clemson could win 56 nothing, and you would still take the under. I think Syracuse probably scores, right? If they scored 56-7, let me do the quick math in my head. Would that cover? No, it wouldn't. But that might be the game. So, yeah, yeah I, I honestly... I honestly think even 46 points as the spread, like I'm, I still might lean Clemson. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a Syracuse yeah, alum, but I, that's how I feel. Without, you know what, without their best playmaker and, uh, and Andre Cisco, uh, I mean, I could, I could see 
where they can make some plays to make it interesting to get under that that 46 point shred. But no, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with I'm going with Clemson this one big time. All right, let's go over to the SEC. Not a great slate of games. Obviously, we got Alabama uh, against Tennessee. Uh, how do you feel about that game? I know last week Tennessee's quarterback had a hell of a time going up against that Kentucky defense. He had three interceptions, I believe, in a row, two of them for pick six. So, you know, where do you feel about, about this team, and, and and how do you feel about that game? Yeah, Jared Quarantorno, has, Quarantorno excuse me, has not looked great this season, did not look great last week against Kentucky. Kentucky winning 34-7 to over the Vols. Bama, 21-point favorite. I'm still leaning Bama. I think you saw last week how explosive this offense can be even against some of the top defensive competition in the entire country in Georgia, putting up 41. Now Nick Saban's offense has scored at least 35 points in an NCAA record 17 straight games. Alabama is second in scoring offense in the entire country, first in points per play. Tennessee is 56th in scoring offense. I don't think they do enough to keep up with Alabama this week. Even with that large spread at 21, I think Alabama wins and covers that. Alabama, by the way, second ranked tied, the only ranked SEC team playing this weekend. That's kind of a strange thing for the powerhouse that is the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, it, and, you know, so that's an interesting game I, to a point. I mean, I don't see anybody in the SEC outside of a Georgia potentially beating them. So they're going to have to do it in the SEC championship game. I don't think Florida has the firepower to stick with, with Alabama. And ultimately, nope. I don't think anybody's going to have the firepower to stick with Alabama until you get an Ohio State, a Clemson, you know, one of those teams. Because they can't keep up with Jalen Waddle, They can't keep up with Devonta Smith. They can't keep up with Najee Harris. And Mac Jones is playing out of his mind right now. Give me Alabama plus 21 or minus 21 in this game. A team that did get Bama last year, of course, was the national champion LSU Tigers, who are hosting South Carolina this week. The Gamecocks fresh off the upset over Auburn last week. LSU, though, a six-point favorite. The over-under total 55-and-a-half. The Tigers will be without their starting quarterback, Miles Brennan. They'll be starting a freshman. We don't know exactly who yet. It's either Max Johnson or TJ Finley. Do you think LSU, as the favorite against the South Carolina team that's fresh off an upset, will win this game? Uh, no. No, I don't. I, I, I'm actually going with South Carolina. I think they have a pretty. I think they have a good enough offense. Uh, as we've seen, LSU's defense hasn't been able to stop a nosebleed this this year. We saw what they did against Mississippi State, and how has Mississippi State looked since then? Uh, lost, lethargic. Uh, you know. So when I look at this this matchup, I'm going to go with South Carolina in this game. I think the defense does enough. Without Miles Brennan, I don't believe in the LSU team until they get some of that figured out. Uh, it, it just goes to show you how much. Not only did Joe Burrow mean to this football team last year, right? But how about Joe Brady? Uh, you know, because this offense, uh, you know, as a, as a Cowboys guy, I saw what what Scott Linehan does on offense, and I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not impressed one bit with what he's doing at LSU. So, uh, without Miles Brennan, I, I don't believe in LSU this year, and I think they just lost too much from that team a year ago. They were replacing like 17 of their 22 starters on both sides of the ball were the Tigers coming back from last year's national championship team. And now off a of bye week, they're coming through like a defensive rebuild. Bo Pelini, the defensive coordinator in Baton Rouge, has been struggling mightily. His defense cannot even stop anything. 32 opponents points per game throughout this season. South Carolina's offense isn't going to be highlight real potential, but they are 30th in points per game and scoring offense this year. They've scored at least 24 in every game this season, and they had 30 last week against the Tigers of Auburn in that upset win. I think the offense is able to put up enough points. 
I think they probably win outright, but I think they would at least cover as a six-point road underdog. So that the SEC and the ACC. When we come back for segment number three, we get to the bigs, the Big 12, and of course, the Big 10. Your final segment of your final rendition of the Locked On College Football Show for week eight of the college football season. We just touched on the ACC and SEC. Now we get to the bigs, which is Patrick Kahn and my expertise. Patrick, the host of Locked On Longhorns. I, Ben Stevens, and the host of Locked On Big Ten. But we start with the Big 12, mainly because we're saying being the best for last in the Big Ten. But we start with the Big 12. Like we mentioned with Colin, one of the best games of the weekend, 17th ranked Iowa State on the road in Stillwater, taking on 6th ranked Oklahoma State. The Cowboys, a three and a half point favorite, the over under total 52. We heard Colin's pick. What do you see in this game, Patrick? You know, I, I think Colin had a, he made a lot of good points in that, uh, but I have a hard time going against a Mike Dundee offense that has Tylen Wallace, who's one of the best wide receivers in the country. Uh, you know, and then you have Chuba Hubbard, L.D. Brown. I mean, they can run the football. They can pass the football. Plus, they're getting Spencer Sanders back, uh, you know, who has kind of been their guy that they've been waiting on for four weeks. Now they get their quarterback back. He really didn't get to get into a rhythm. He left that game against Tulsa early. Uh, but I think I'm going to ride with Oklahoma State in this game. Um, you know, it's going to be a tough game for them because they got Texas looming uh, the week after. So, you know, they're they're they. this is two big tests in a row for them. We're going to find out just – how good that Oklahoma State team is. Uh, but I think they do enough to win this football game. And I'm, I'm taking them because they're the home. So uh, give me that three and a half points uh, with Oklahoma State. I am disagreeing with you. And I am agreeing with Colin Wilson because it is still Brocktober. Oklahoma State, speaking of the month of Brocktober, October, hasn't played since the beginning of said month. So they haven't played in three weeks. And I wasn't overly impressed by what I saw when they were in action, even with a healthy Spencer Sanders, although there was a very minimal time in the first quarter of their first game against Tulsa. But they didn't look great against Tulsa. They didn't look great against West Virginia. Sure, they blew out Kansas, but Kansas is barely playing Division One football. Meanwhile, Iowa State seems to be rounding into form and getting better and better each and every week. Brock Purdy's been serviceable, don't get me wrong, but really comes down to Brees Hall, the very talented running back for the Clones. 130 yards, at least seven touchdowns in his last three games. I like Iowa State to win outright, sprinkle on the money line. I'm not even worried about the points here. Over under 52, I don't really know how I lean on that one, but I like Iowa State to win outright, pull off another upset, if you will, over six. I think you Iowa State. I think you take the over in this football game because I think both teams are going to score. I like that. Patrick Kong giving you his insight because he is a member of the Big 12 Conference when it comes to the Locked On Podcast Network. Another game, another game in the Big 12 Conference. Oklahoma on the road at TCU. OU a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under 60 points. Do you like the Sooners to continue with some good momentum off the bye week after the Red River rivalry? You know, I look at this game, and, and TCU is a, a much better defensive team. The big question is going to be, which Max Dugan are you getting in this game? Are you getting the one that played against Texas? Or right. Are you getting the one that played the week later? Uh, because when they went up against Iowa State, you know, he did not look very good at that game at all. Uh, and so when I look at this team, I'm, I, I don't know where I lean because of the, of the quarterback situation. But I think this is a great test for Spencer's. Uh, Rattler because obviously he got benched during the game against Texas he came back mm -hmm. so he responded well well how does he respond after having a week off and getting ready for a much tougher defense team you know in Fort Worth Texas which you know this team uh, has 
had their struggles with TCU over the years. So uh, that's where I'm looking at in this game. I still think they do enough in this game to, to cover that six and a half. I think, I think it's going to be a tougher game back into the fourth quarter before you really see either team get an advantage. Uh, but I really like that the way that the young guys are playing at the wide receiver group. Uh, and so when I look at this team, it's, it's Spencer Rattler and the Sooners uh, by seven. I was encouraged by what I saw from Spencer Rattler when he came back into the game against Texas. Looked pretty good late in that game. And then Oklahoma coming off the bye week, maybe some times to figure things out. I think they have too much talent on this roster, and Lincoln Riley has yet to lose to Gary Patterson. I would like Oklahoma to win and cover here as well. There's one more game of the Big 12. Do you want to say it now as you're locked on lock, or should we wait until after we talk about the Big 10? You tell me. We're going we're gonna to hold off on the Texas game until my lock of the week uh, in just a moment. Yeah, let's let's jump into the Big Ten. Come I know on. this is your baby. I know this Come is on. your baby, but I'm, I'm going to hop in. I'm going to hop in Big Ten, Ben. Uh, let's talk about the game on Friday night. Illinois, Wisconsin, freshman quarterback, Graham Mertz. He's going up against the third-worst defense in the Big Ten. Obviously, they can run the football, uh, and they're going to run the football against a defense that's rebuilding. How do you see this game playing out? Yeah, Graham Mertz, the highest-ranked recruit at the quarterback position to ever play for Wisconsin, but he would not be starting if it weren't for a foot injury that Jack Cohen, the senior quarterback, suffered during this fall camp leading up to getting play underway in the Big Ten. So that's my biggest question mark. He's highly profiled, but how does he respond in his first Big Ten start? But I agree. Wisconsin will be Wisconsin. They're going to run the ball. Nikia Watson, Derek Groshek, a talented freshman at Jalen Berger. They have a lot of options this year in the backfield, as they always do in Madison, Wisconsin. The point spread is big. 19 and a half for the Badgers. The over-under total 51 against Illinois, who lost a lot up front defensively from last year's team. I would love to say Wisconsin covers. I just can't go there yet with that big of a point total and what I think will be more of a slowly paced game to get Graham Mertz a little bit more acclimated and relying on the run game for the Badgers. I think they're dominant. I think they win like 31-14 and look good throughout the entire game and their defense, which is one of their staples of this upcoming season, will play well as well. But I think it's going to be Wisconsin winning by a considerable amount. I just don't think they cover that 19 and a half point spread. What's the over-under in that game? 51 i would probably lean under uh, i'm going under because of those two reasons you just said run the football play defense uh give me the under in that game but uh i also don't like the line in that game 19 and a half if yeah. jack cone was playing i think i would i would i'd bang that i'd be like yes absolutely without him playing i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with the under on this one all right so my locked on lock will also be one of the games from the big 10 but let me just touch on one more for you a game that will be seen nationally across the board. Obviously, Ohio State back into action. The elite team from the Big Ten that has its sights set on a national championship berth playing in the college football playoff. The Buckeyes are a 26-point favorite at home as they open up the year against Nebraska. The over-under total 67 and a half. Quickly, my rationale for this, I think Nebraska covers because I think their offense does just enough. I think Ohio State will put up a whole lot of points because they want to come out and make a great first impression in the eyes of the committee as the Big Ten is only playing eight regular season games with the ninth game coming in Big Ten Champions Week. So I think Ohio State, who is going to be so, 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 so good this year, Justin Fields is going to be so, so, so good this year. If there's a small, tiny question mark about Ohio State, it's on the defensive side of the ball. And that's more like, hey, can the five stars that we're having replace Chase Young? Can Zach Harrison be that good? Probably but we have to see it yet. I think Nebraska scores enough points to cover that spread of 26. It's just a little bit too hefty in my mind. 
I think, uh, you know, this is one of those questions where, where you look at this team and you're like, where do I go with this one? Uh, well, first off, I want to say congrats, Scott Frost. You got exactly what you wanted. Ohio State, right off the bat. Congrats. Uh, now you're going to have to deal with that run game. Trey Sermon, uh, Master T, you got, you know, loaded offense, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's just what's going to happen on the defensive side of the ball. Sean Wade, uh, you know, those guys. So I, I'm with you. 26, I'm, I'm probably going to take Ohio State to cover in this game. I just, I oh. don't believe, I don't believe that they have enough offense to keep up. And I think because there's only eight games, Ryan Day is going to have that offense humming and they're going to send a message. I agree with you. So let's get to our locked on locks. I will start because we are talking Big Ten football right now and you will wrap us up here on this Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. My game comes for the Little Brown Jug. We talked about it with Colin Wilson, the 104th meeting for the rivalry trophy between 18th ranked Michigan and 21st ranked Minnesota. Michigan, a three point road favorite, the over under total 54 and a half. The biggest question mark in my mind, what will we see out of the Wolverines this year? Joe Milton making his first career start under Josh Gaddis as the offensive coordinator, under Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. The matchup I am keyed on is on the other side of the ball, however. Minnesota's offense that was seventh most efficient last year against a talented Michigan defense, but a young Michigan defense. Two of their edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay, make up probably the best tandem in all the Big Ten Conference, but you have Tanner Morgan back as the quarterback, Rashad Bateman as his talented wide right receiver. Look out for Chris Ottman-Bell as well, Muhammad Ibrahim in the backfield. I think Minnesota does enough to exploit a younger Michigan secondary with a few question marks about who they'll fill in. Minnesota wins outright, but I would at least take them to cover against Michigan in the battle of the little brown jug. That is my locked on lock, Minnesota winning against Michigan. And I will agree with you because Tanner Morgan against that Big Ten last year, 22 touchdowns to only four interceptions. Rashad and Rashad Bateman, 21 yards per reception, nine touchdowns in conference play i really think that those two pop up when it comes to uh, that and like you said you got a young team i'm not real sure about joe milton uh, and what that offense is going to look like this year so i agree with you on that one all right for my locked on lock of the week i am going to the longhorns game so in this game you got texas eight and a half point favorite texas is uh oh and three against the spread when playing in the big so give me baylor Oh. Plus eight and a half in this game. Uh, I actually have Baylor winning this game outright. I don't believe in Tom Herman. I don't believe that he's figured it out. He says the same things each and every week, and you're not seeing it on the field. I question if he's going to have this team prepared. So I have Baylor winning this football game in my lockdown lock of the week. If Texas loses to a Baylor team that is coming off a coronavirus outbreak because they were not prepared enough to play the Bears, is Tom done? Oh, absolutely. I think he's done, done, done. Uh, by the end of this season, uh, you will have a new head coach at the University of Texas. Well, and with that, Ben Stevens, Patrick Kahn, your Friday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Tune in on Monday for Candace Cooper, who gives you the full recap. Week 8 of college football. Get ready. Get excited. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day.